Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16, which is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. What a great verse that talks about the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. This verse claims that he's the one that is the creator. He created everything out of nothing, created just according to his own will. It says the things that are visible and invisible. So that means all the things that are seen he created, as well as the invisible things, which are angels and, and other beings. It talks about thrones and dominions and principalities, which are angelic divisions, but it also invisible things that you can't see, like, like love and compassion and those human instincts that we use every day. And so everything that we have comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ought to give him thanks and we ought to praise him for who he is and what a great blessing it is to have a personal relationship with him and we ought to thank him every day for our salvation, that he's working in our lives and drawing us closer to himself, for the privilege that we have to be alive during this time in history, to serve him and to share the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio 
Jacob and Sharon Severaj. Sharon is the daughter of a longtime missionary with Global Outreach Mission, and uh, he actually uh, studied at the Prairie Bible Institute. It is such a blessing to be hearing about God's calling in their lives and uh, the way they were married and all the wonderful things that God has been doing in their lives. We thank you so much for their desire to church plant in Southern Indian. And um, they have about 70 children whom they bring in and they feed them and uh, give them a place to stay and they give them a Christian education as well as the opportunity to share Christ and, um, and see the love of Christ in action. Sharon, could you tell us some about the lives of these children at uh, your home, which is entitled the Olive Garden Children's Home? Mm-hmm. You ready? But more importantly, they found Jesus. So when they go about their nursing duties, they can share the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, wow, that's wonderful to hear about the testimonies of three young ladies who've given their lives to Christ and are fulfilling the purposes that he has for them. What about some of the boys? Do you have another story to share? Yep. The power of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. If you would like more information on Jacob or Sharon or any of our other missionaries, you can contact us at Global Outreach Mission. You can go to our website at www.missiongo.org and uh, get in touch with them. I don't know if that was part of this last thing or not. It, it, it was? Okay. Well, thank you for sharing with us these stories. It's such a blessing to talk to you and, and hear these stories of how God is working in India. just goes to show how each missionary has a unique opportunity and a unique way of reaching people for Christ. We reach out in so many different ways at Global Outreach through uh, evangelism, through church planning, through uh, Christian education, through orphanages, through children's home. And um, what a difference uh, people who uh, have called by God to, to, what a difference it makes when someone goes and shows the love of Christ to these people, especially a seven-year-old boy who has such anger, but today is serving Jesus. He has for, and has actually forgiven his father and is, is going to make a huge difference in India. We thank you for being with us in the studio and for being a part of Global Outreach Missions family. We will continue to pray for you and your ministry, and I trust that many of the listeners will pray for you as well. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. We're so thankful for those who pray for our ministry and also those who support our ministry because you know this is a listener-supported program and we cannot continue to be on the air without the support of our listeners. Many have put us in their will and have helped us that way and then others send in their donations. This, This month we're offering a wonderful booklet on spiritual gifts, what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. One way the Holy Spirit empowers believers in the church is by creating ministries, opportunities to serve. Each believer contributes to the growth, both in numbers and in maturity of the church. If the Holy Spirit is the fire that gives the body warmth and life, believers are the members of the body that keep it moving. The Holy Spirit empowers believers to be part of these ministries 
The spiritual gifts, then, are tools that we use to carry on those ministries. The function of spiritual gifts is service. Paul's main interest in his letters to the early churches is to teach, guide, and help them to grow as a body of Christ. You want to make sure that you get a copy of this booklet because it not only talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but how it relates to believers as they try to serve the Lord, and then also how they are used in the church to grow the body of Christ. And so you can write to Candace National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7Alpha7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Please write and get this booklet. I'm sure it will enhance your spiritual life.
Today's message is from the Reverend George Francisco, and it's taken from the book of Revelation. It's entitled, Christ at the Door. Printed copies are available upon request. I count it a privilege to be able to share with you today, and I would like to turn to God's Word with you and look at a very wonderful and familiar passage. I turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. The topic is Christ at the Door, and the verse reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The book of Revelation begins with a most stunning and magnificent vision of the resurrected and glorified Christ. The apostle John, who saw the vision and faithfully recorded it, was directed by God to write to seven Christian churches that existed at the time in Asia Minor. John had been exiled to the island of Patmos by the Roman Emperor, and while there he received this majestic vision of Christ and, of course, the entire prophecies that follow. Let us read a few of the verses from Revelation chapter 1. John said, I heard a great voice, Revelation 1 and 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white as wool, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice was as the sound of many waters, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength, and when I saw him I fell at his feet as dead. The Apostle John was probably the closest of all the disciples to Jesus, when he saw Jesus was completely overwhelmed by the glory and majesty of the risen Christ. The one who was rejected by the men of this world as unworthy is seen as he is now, glorified, exalted, honored in the heavens at the right hand of God. This is significant for when we turn to verse 20 of chapter 3 and read, Behold, I, that is Jesus, stand at the door and knock, we realize it's not just some man or even a great prophet. It is Jesus, the Son of God, who is at the door. Charles Lamb once said, quote, Not many sounds in life exceed in interest a knock at the door. Unquote. Millions of people who lived in the Stalin era, and many today who live under totalitarian political regimes, realize the significance that it can be if a knock comes to the door, especially at night, for it usually spells for them terror and doom. The Apostle John wrote that Jesus, the Lord of heaven, stands at the door and knocks. There's no indication in the text that he stands there to bring judgment and punishment. On the contrary, the very opposite is true. The text indicates that Christ stands and knocks. He doesn't break down the door, which he could do with his mighty power. He stands, he knocks, he waits. This is a picture of one who is interested and one who cares. 
Some Bible scholars believe that this verse refers to Christ knocking at the door of a church. He is standing outside and seeking admission. Now, it would be not too unusual for a church to have Christ's name, but not the reality of that name. For many a church has started out evangelical, believing the Bible and knowing God by faith. But as the years pass, the church degenerates until, like the Judaism of Christ's day, it is only a shell. The truth and reality of personally knowing God is gone. History is witness to many a church that has over time shipwrecked on the rocks of formalism and apostasy. The context of the verse seems to give some credence also as Revelations chapters 2 and 3 records Christ's words to the seven churches in Asia. But it can also be argued that the immediate context is Christ's words to the Laodicean church. The words of Christ indicate indicate deep and troubling problems that existed there. Let us read Christ's words from verse 14. And under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold or hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. From this we can gather that the church had drifted far from its original foundations. The threat of drifting away from the faith once delivered to the saints is a continual threat that all believing churches face. A strong case can be made that the church was full of self-deceived and unsaved people, people who could say, I am rich and have need of nothing, but of whom God says, Thou art wretched and miserable and blind. These people needed to hear the very first elements of the gospel. And so verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. There are many, many church people who parallel the conditions found here at Laodicea. They need to hear the gospel, that Christ died for their sins. He rose again to be a living Savior. And it is this Christ who must be allowed into the hearts and spiritual houses of our life. Notice the text says, If any man hear my voice and open the door. So Christ is thinking and addressing this to individual men or people. So let us look further then at the text in this light. The living Christ says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. An artist by the name of Salmon once painted a picture that is seen in many Christian homes. It is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ knocking at the door of a house. Weeds and brambles are everywhere, speaking of neglect. 
The door is massive and closed tight. There's no handle on the door. It can only be opened from the inside. The house looks dark. There are no windows. A soft heavenly light falls upon the doorway, and if you look closely you will see that it is in the shape of a heart. The artist is saying the darkened house with the fast closed doorway is symbolic of man's spiritual house. The weeds speak of years of neglect by men to address their spiritual needs. The house is dark, for without Christ, who is the light of the world, men live in spiritual darkness. The door is massive and closed tight, speaking of the resistance of the sinner's heart toward the things of God. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil, Jesus said in John 3. But Christ, with tender concern, comes seeking the sinner, knocking at his heart's door, and waiting. What a picture of condescension Solomon and the scriptures paint. What questions arise here? How long has he been standing there? How many times has he knocked at the door? How long will it be before he turns away, and the opportunity to be saved will be lost forever? These questions confront us from the text. Let us turn and see, first of all, from the text, that Christ is a present Savior. He stands at the door. He has made his way right to the heart and the life of the individual. The Savior, then, is very, very near, and he's calling out. His voice is heard. I wonder if this is not true of us, and what will our response be? Will it be more resistance, more ignoring of the heavenly guest, or will it be a personal decision to open that heavy door that has resisted the Savior for so long, the door of your will? If you will open the door, Christ will come in, and when he comes in, he brings forgiveness of sins, for he died on the cross to pay sin's price. He brings peace with God, for Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When Christ comes in, he brings light, for Jesus said, I am the light of the world, John 8. When Jesus is invited in, he brings the gentle, powerful Holy Spirit to enable change in our lives and to make us into the image of Christ. When Christ comes in, he brings eternal life. For Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. John 10. Christ is near today. I trust you will hear his voice and let him into your spiritual house, the house of your heart and your life. Then we see that Christ is a patient Savior. He says, Behold, I stand at the door. Some people have kept the Savior standing on the outside of their lives for many, many years. In Noah's day, God gave the people 120 years to repent. Men, most of them waited till the day of the door of the ark was closed, and then, of course, it was too late. We must act while there is time. Come now, the scriptures say, for today is the day of salvation. 
Then we see from the text that Christ is a persistent Savior. He stands at the door and knocks. He interrupts our selfish lives with his knock. He confronts us with a call to something higher than ourselves, something away from worldly things to the heavenly things, from mortal things to the immortal, from the temporal to the things of eternity. It is disturbing and uncomfortable, yet Christ's knock is vital. It jars us out of our comfort zone and calls us to realize that the way of our own making may seem right to us now, but God says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14. If you are ever to reach heaven, you must listen to heaven. Christ, the heavenly one, said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. His knock at the door is a call to be forgiven. It's a call to be part of a family. It's a call to be prepared for eternity. Millions of people will one day thank God that he didn't just knock once, but that he persisted till they swung that heavy door of their will open to the Savior. I hope you will do that, too. Then notice Christ is a promising Savior. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. What a precious promise. There are no preconditions, such as, if you're good enough, I'll come in, or if you're rich enough, or wise enough, or if you hadn't been too bad. The promise of Jesus is universal, if any man. Lydia, a seller of purple, was a good woman. She opened her heart to the Savior and was saved. Saul of Tarsus was evil, killing others in the name of his religion. He opened his heart, and he was saved. All because Christ, the living Savior, knocked at the door. I hope you today will hear his voice, that you will open the door and find his saving grace. I trust the message you just heard will be a real blessing to your spiritual life and will help you grow in a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here at Canada's National Bible Hour, we're really concerned about those who may be listening to our broadcast who don't know Jesus Christ personally and have a personal relationship with Him each day. The Bible is very clear. It points out, it's out over and over that we are all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All of us have sinned and done things that we're ashamed of, things that we know that we shouldn't have done, and yet we did them anyway. And of course, we have a holy God who's pure, who's perfect, is righteous, and is totally holy. And because of that, those facts, he can't be in the presence of sinners, any sin. And so he has to judge sin. But he made a way because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the simple act of faith, if you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is God who became man, who went to the cross and bore your sins in his own body, he took your place, he took the anger, 
that God has towards your sins and put it on Jesus. He died and he rose on the third day. If you believe those things and are sincere in your beliefs, you can bow your head and you can ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life. Because John 1.12 says, But as many as receive him, receive Jesus. Unto them gave he the right to become the Son of God. If you want to be a child of God, receive Christ as your personal Savior. Don't forget to write in to get your copy of the booklet, Spiritual Gifts. I know that this will help your spiritual life, and I know that it will be a real blessing to you and to those that you share it with. You can write Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also listen to past messages on Canada's National Bible Hour by visiting our website at www.missiongo.org. And please remember us in your prayers. We trust the Lord will be with you throughout this next week 